Welcome to the Physician Associate Podcast. Hello, welcome to this episode of the Physician Associate Podcast. My name is James. Today I'm joined by two PAs, Abby and Alice. Abby, do you want to introduce yourself first? My name's Abby Neo Evans. I'm a Physician Associate on Cardiology. Perfect. And Alice? Hello, I'm Alice Montgomery. I'm a physician associate in geriatric and stroke medicine, and I'm also one of the new clinical education fellows. Perfect. Thanks both of you for joining me on the podcast. The reason to get you on the podcast was to talk about this fantastic new teaching model that you guys have implemented around your trust. Who wants to explain the idea behind it and what it's all about? So it's the Advanced Practice Academy is, is what we've we've named it. It's a three-year rolling programme that's based on the Physician Associates core matrix. Each year kind of covers a core subject. So we had respiratory in the first year, cardiology in the second, and we've got gastroenterology in the third that we're just starting. And then we cover other specialities within that as well. So this year we're doing obstetric, uh, general surgery, ophthalmology, some palliative care. And I always try and add in some practical parts to it as well possibly we're going to do some catheter insertion if covid allows we've already covered some practical sessions when when we're able to so yeah and and we also cover other things such as resilience we've done quality improvement sessions as well to help people with any, with any quality improvement projects that they're doing thank you thanks so for the uninitiated who's being taught and who was doing the teaching? So when when it first started, Dr. Durant, who's the lead physician associate, she's a respiratory consultant um, at our trust. She wanted a teaching programme for physician associates that helped us pass our national exams every six years. It was a rolling programme every three years. So you had two chances to attend the sessions. We also now it's grown and we've involved the advanced clinical practitioners within our trust. So it's um, aimed at our physician associates, physician associate students and advanced clinical practitioners as well. The people who normally teach are our registrars, our consultants. We also have uh, some CNSs that have done some of the teaching as well. And that sounds brilliant as an idea to help improve your physician associates clinical knowledge. How regularly are they being taught? So the sessions are one hour a week and it's protected time for the physician associates and ACPs. What size cohort have you got of PAs and ACPs that are coming to this teaching? Is it well attended? Yes, we've got uh, within the trust, we have nine physician associates at the moment, and we're um, hopefully getting two or three more soon. There's there's 38 people in total. Uh, The rest are made up of our ACPs. Brilliant. What an exciting opportunity to have that laid out for you within the trust. Alice, where do you come into this story? So uh, predominantly, it was Abby that started the organisation of this project this teaching session gradually I found that I had a bit more of an interest in in education and I have recently uh, gotten a job as a clinical education fellow working with the medical and, and PA students and that's allowed me to um, work like work alongside Abby as well we've been working together to um, organize speakers to come in um once a week and um and organizing the feedback forms yeah, so it's very it's very collaborative like I'm, I'm working alongside abby with this sounds great 
I wish every PA was able to have that opportunity and for sort of a bespoke curriculum designed teaching uh, in the trusts. What are the main benefits that you're realising putting this effort in? I mean, teaching is a very important part of our growth and our development. Um, We have, as PAs, uh, we have to have our continuing professional development. We have points and hours that we need to to make up to improve our clinical knowledge, our clinical skills. And this is a, a route for us, for everyone involved to be able to access that additional training, that additional teaching and continuing the professional development. And ultimately, it's just helping us deliver patient care by improving our, our, our knowledge and skills. I would just um, add on to that as well, because it's protected time for the, specifically for physician associates. It means that it's easier to actually attend the sessions. Uh, previously, we attended the F1, F2 teaching, which is their protected time. So often I would find if it was just myself and an FY1 or an FY2, I would say to them, you go, it's your teaching, I'll stay which meant I was missing out on learning opportunities. So I think it's really good that we have our own set protected time. We, we do also record the sessions as well now. So people can go back and use them as revision um, or if they've missed the session for one reason or another, they can go back and then they don't, they don't actually have to miss any of the teaching at all. Was it a hard sell to the powers that be uh, to release you? To go off to do that teaching time? Sometimes it can be quite challenging depending on how busy the ward is, what the staffing's like. In in theory, we are that this is the time that we should be allocated to our teaching and we should be able to remove ourselves from our clinical environment to to attend. But obviously if an emergency pop pops up, then sometimes that can be quite challenging. But the response that we've had from our uh, clinical supervisors has been very positive and they do try and facilitate uh, everyone being able to 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 leave the ward or any or or wherever they are to to be able to attend this this teaching we've also had a lot of support from the managers and things like that our nephrologists are not actually part they come from birmingham and and they do clinics in hereford the managers allowed them to shorten some of their clinics so that they were able to come and teach us for an hour. Uh, so they're very supportive as well. Oh, amazing. One of the big advantages I can see as an outsider of you guys is bringing together a community of PAs, like a community of practice, just to support each other for other things apart from the clinical work. It's just nice to know that there are other people who understand what a PA is and have the same frustrations or the same problems sometimes and you can bounce ideas around together as a group of PAs it's nice to build that community isn't it? Yeah we often have uh, case-based discussions for certain specialties and it's interesting because everyone as a physician associate everyone has such different professional backgrounds so it always makes for interesting discussions uh, because everyone has something uh, a different point of view. It's lovely in this trust that we do have such a, a large group of PAs and advanced uh, clinical practitioners and as, as Abby said everyone has a, a different backgrounds um, whether professionally or, or personally um, and being able to share that knowledge or just being able to share stories with them is is really wonderful to get to gain different perspectives on aspects of medicine and as well just having a support if there's been difficult cases or complicated cases to be able to talk it through with 
um, someone else who who knows what we're going through or what challenges we're facing as well. Particularly if we've come across a situation where, where another professional may not understand completely the the PA role and uh, and face blocks or or, or challenges um, around that, being able to share that with with other similar people is really lovely really really lovely to have if someone's listening to this another pa in another hospital in another part of the uk and thinking this sounds great this is exactly what me and my colleagues need where i am what have you learnt? what would you do differently what would you advise them on just tell them to start by getting um sort of their lead consultant involved to gain the support uh, from managers and and other uh, specialties and then to come up with a curriculum they want to implement and then just start emailing the specialities. I just I send an email out to every single consultant registrar in that speciality. Some people respond, some people don't. It's just some people like teaching, some people don't and uh, go from there. We have offered the incentive as well of once the session has been completed that we provide the speaker with a certificate of attendance and um, and feedback from the students so that they can then utilise that for their, their own continuing professional development and as evidence of their teaching. And are you finding that people are genuinely quite willing to come forwards or is it difficult to find speakers because of their clinical pressures? It can be. As I said, that some some people like teaching and other people don't. I, I've had both ends of the spectrum. I've had consultants actually coming to me and saying, have you thought about having this as a session? Uh, we're really interested in, in helping and doing some of the teaching. And then other consultants that I've emailed and emailed and have no response from. So I think you just have to be able to adapt what what you come up with. So for some of the specialities that aren't as keen on teaching, say I had three sessions planned for them, I would try and then narrow that down maybe into one session. So they only had to give up one hour of their time um, if they weren't able to do sort of the three set sessions. So I'd say it's just being flexible with the curriculum and what you're teaching. What style of teaching do you find works best? Is it online virtual teaching that people can stop and pause and rewind? Do you find case-based discussions face-to-face is there something that's really effective or something that perhaps you don't think has worked that well we we found that a variety of different uh, teaching option, options uh, keeps everything very fresh and interesting for um, everyone who's attending the teaching so we have a variety of, of lectures we have um lecture or we have consultants that like to um just stand up and talk or demonstrate by writing on a a clipboard we have some practical sessions where um as abby mentioned earlier like for catheterization or we've had speculum examinations and um then we have case-based discussions um so a a variety of of teaching methods uh we we have implemented and that does um uh, we have had positive feedback from that but the lectures tend to be the most common purely because it's the most easy. It's the easiest thing to be able to record people to then go back and look at and, as you say, pause and uh, and rewind. I think as well, particularly over COVID, it was difficult to, uh, well, we couldn't have the practical sessions, uh, case-based discussions 
don't tend to work as well when everybody's online. I find that's better if people are all in a room together. So we have had some limitations with COVID, but Alice said, I think the variety of different styles is is really good because then there's something for everyone really. And the integration between PAs and ACPs, is that helping because you're seeing each other regularly and learning the same content? Is it relevant to all or is that, are there any difficulties in crossing professional boundaries? No, I think it's really good to have the collaboration and ACPs uh, tend to come from a lot of different professional backgrounds as well. So I find it just adds to the uh, discussions that we have, the questions that uh, that are asked, the content. So ACPs also have to have continued pres- uh, professional development. So that helps with uh, their learning as well. And we get a lot of positive feedback from them, positive feedback from the physician associates. And ACPs aren't are similar to us in the way that they're not doctors they have they have some of the similar challenges as us so I think it's quite nice to bring those two uh, professions together to to learn. Brilliant thanks Abby and what about physician associates who want to be educators and teachers themselves? So the brilliant thing about being a PA is that we have the opportunity to to explore different aspects of of medicine and one of those is education and we're quite lucky where we are in our trust that they have um offered up an opportunity for um, myself to be able to be involved more with education quite quickly they've managed we managed to get a, a post involved in it as a non-medical clinical education fellow which I've, I've gone for and now um, that's that's a role that I'm creating um, and working alongside the other clinical fellows to see how we can expand this role and how I can bring my background and, and my skills into uh, this this job so that I can you know b- teach both PA students and medical students um, and that and alongside that um very keen on supporting me with uh, doing like a post uh, graduate certification for medical education and that can eventually be worked up to a masters in medical education as well and we have a great deal of support from our local university as well with opportunities to assist with um like OSCE practices or being examiners for uh, their for the university exams and that's something that I had independently gone and researched and contacted the 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 leads at university and the the clinical leads at at this trust as well and the the response is very very positive so far and I'm very excited in how this role is going to to develop and I would really encourage if any other PAs have an interest in in teaching that they contact their um their education leads um and see if there's an opportunity for um them to be involved with either leading lectures or doing on the ward clinical teaching so that, that's where i started um was having students on placement medical students pa students nursing students and just starting uh, to have those kind of conversations uh, like on the ward clinically and gradually now that's developed into a more formal position a more formal role with more formal teaching that then involves ensuring that the core clinical matrix is covered and 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 being able to provide that in a variety of different situations whether that's lectures 
on ward clinical teaching, case-based discussions, small group workshops, and we do have a simulation suite as well. Brilliant, thank you. Also, within our trust, uh, a lot of the PAs do procedures like chest strains, midlines. I think Alice has learned how to do lumbar punctures. So I would love to do perhaps a a short course or something that was extra added onto the Advanced Practice Academy that had those procedures in it and helped our physician associates and ACPs develop those skills. And then it becomes self-perpetuating, doesn't it? Because once you've got PAs that can do those skills and they're competent and experienced in doing them, they can train the next generation of docs and ACPs and PAs that come. Real Alice, Abby, thank you so much both for joining me on the podcast today. It's been really useful to find out what you're doing in your hospital. And I hope it's something that will be a model for other physician associates and other trusts to recreate and learn from. If people have heard this episode, it may have sparked off questions about what they can do themselves and they may want to find out more. Where would you point them to get more information about what you're doing? So I'm, I'm happy for people uh, to contact myself. Our uh, physician associate lead Dr Durand is also happy for people to contact her so I can give you the details uh, at our email addresses if that's helpful for people. Perfect thank you I'll leave the contact details you mentioned in the show notes so that people can find them there on this episode. Thank you so much for joining me and thank you for listening as well I hope that was an interesting episode for you to find out more about physician associates in secondary care and the teaching packages that are being developed to help support us um, through our revalidation and to improve our clinical learning with our ACP colleagues and others. If you've got an interesting idea for an episode of the Physician Associate Podcast, please get in touch with me. I'd love to hear about you and get you on the show to find out more about what's going on with Physician Associates up and down the country. We're on social media at PA Podcast UK, and I hope you'll join me again for the next episode. Thanks for listening to the Physician Associate Podcast.